Welcome to the CF Strong podcast. CF Strong covers the successes and challenges faced by those living with cystic fibrosis. You'll hear first-person stories, conversations with health professionals, friends, and partners. Just a heads up, guests may share their personal views about treatments and health management, but please remember this is not medical advice, and you should always follow the advice of your clinic team regarding your health. Hello, my name is Kirby, and in this episode of the CF Strong podcast, we're talking with Kate about CF and parenting. Thanks so much for joining us, Kate. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Hey, Kirby. Um, so, as you said, my name's Kate, and um, I'm 52, and I've got CF, and I um, live with my husband and my son, and I've got a 15-year-old son, and I work part-time, very part-time, as a social worker. So. You're a mum. Yes. Did you always want to be a mum? Good question. Look, yes, I did. But when I met my husband, I was 32, I think. So I decided from a safe perspective I'd miss the boat. (laughs) So the poor man, we went on our first date. Um, We're actually matchmade by some um, well-intentioned friends. Anyway, we went on our first date and I just thought, oh, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to start a relationship with someone who wants kids if I can't have them. So, you know, towards the end of our first date, I'm going, look, what are your thoughts about kids? And he's going, yeah, yeah, great, great. And I'm going, all right. So this has to be pretty much our last date because um, I'm too old to have kids from a safe perspective. Anyway, and then he was going, well, it's first date. Let's just wait and see how we go. But here I was being really I guess, black and white and thinking, I don't want him to get attached. Like, I don't want to get attached to him if it's going to, if kids and my ability not to have them is going to be a deal breaker later. So he's just going, well, let's just see if we, you know, how a second date goes and we can go from there. But yeah, so I did want kids, but I had decided that at 32, um, I'd sort of miss the boat. Yeah. And then what happened next? Because obviously we all we know now that you have a um, a teenage son. So so what happened next? So what happened next? So we dated for a while, and um, and then we started talking some more about kids. And he was going, well, I don't see why, you know, you say you've, you can't have kids, but you're so healthy. And I was sort of going, well, you know, average life expectancy with CF is thirty seven, and you know, being thirty two you know, that's not an ideal situation to have kids. But obviously I was thinking, I mean, I was really well and I was thinking that 37 wouldn't apply to me, but I was still, you know, keeping an open mind. So then we started to do research. We were actually, but we're both from a science background. So even though I'm a social worker, um, I did um, science at uni before I did social work and he's just, he's a sciencey background. So we, we um, it's so unromantic, but we actually were doing um, – internet searches of the published medical published medical research about CF and pregnancy um, and there wasn't actually a huge amount out there for people my age like it was there was some research about younger people having CF or people with worse lung function having having children but not a not a huge amount about 32 year olds with good lung function having kids so we spoke to my doctor my specialist at the time and going you know what's the story what do you think and um, he was, he was, you know, the most beautiful doctor and he was just going, well, you know, there's probably no reason why you couldn't. And so, you know, and I was, I was saying, I want, if I have a kid, as much as you could ever do it, I wanted to guarantee that I'd be alive for their first 20 years. 
So, you know, at the age of 32, is it possible that I would be living to 52, right? Like, could I guarantee I'd be alive for the first 20 years of their life? And, um, yeah, and my doctor's going, well, if you look after yourself, like, probably there's, you know, there's a really good chance. So we then um, started to go down the track of trying to get pregnant ourselves. We didn't have much luck. But also because I was old, from the CF perspective, we didn't try ourselves that long and then we did IUI. So he got my partner, my husband now, but at the time partner, got, we went and did genetic testing for him. We tried naturally for ourselves for I think only about six months and then we jumped straight into IUI and that didn't work and so then we did IVF. And um, I hated IVF. It was a nightmare as far as the injecting hormones turned me into a fruit loop. And I decided that it was, I was, from an IVF perspective, I was good for one go only. But luckily we had, first go, we had a a good egg that became my beautiful son. So I actually, I guess from, from when we actually started seriously talking about it to when we actually got pregnant, I didn't have my son until I was 37. And now he's 15, a joyful teenager, she says. This conversation today is, is you know, we're really keen to chat about what, what it is to be a parent when you have CF. So this is something that you've done for 15 years now. So tell me a little bit about how you manage being a mum and having CF. Oh, gosh. Look, I try, you know, that's a massive question. I guess also thinking about the difference between being a mum to literally being a mum to a teenager. I guess as much as possible, I always try and give my son <clears throat> a smooth path. So I try and make sure that um, that he doesn't get unnecessarily worried about me and CF. Um, and I guess by obviously he's going to be worried about me and CF, but I guess the, the, since he was very little, I've tried to give him age-appropriate information. So when he was little, it was quite easy because you don't have access to the internet yourself to go and do Google searches. Um, but as he's gotten older, I've always sort of said to him, you know, um, any questions about CF, ask me. Like um, there's so many different ways CF impacts on people. And, um, you know, I, I pro- you know, I made a promise to him that I would always answer his questions really honestly about my CF, how CF impacts on me. And so I think luckily we've all, you know, He's, he's asked different questions at different times and I've, I've given those answers. For me, it's always important to, I guess, be optimistic. So I, it's been a lucky time in lots of respects with parenting because with Orkambi and then Simdeco and Trikafta, it's always been I just need to stay well as I am now because there's these great treatments coming. Um, and so now obviously trichafters come and, you know, that's been fabulous. So it's been sort of almost like an easy time, a good a good news time because, you know, even if, when I have been sick or I've had to go into hospital, it's it's just like I just need, you know, I'm just focusing on staying well and doing my best I can because we've got these good treatments coming and then things are going to be, you know, maybe a bit easier. And speaking of treatments, how do you sort of manage what you need to do to keep yourself well with what you might need to do as a mum? 
so that's always um yeah it's always been a juggle I guess when I mean now as he's a teenager it's easy um but when he was little I really focus massively on my health as well as parenting you know like so you know you look at people that have got multiple kids child three or four just fits in right so that's sort of the approach I took with my health and CF so almost you know bizarrely almost like my first child is CF and my second child is my son so he just had to fit in around it which sounds really ruthless but you know without my health as a parent it's all the all the wheels are going to fall off um so I've got to keep as many wheels as I can on myself um so I can do the job as well as I can I included him in some of the stuff which was helpful so it sounds really tragic poor kid but I would let him um puff my puffer for me so he when he this is when he's little obviously now as a 15 year old it would be ridiculous but when he was like I don't know four I'd let him puff my puffer and I'd breathe in my puffer sometimes I'd let him um squeeze the little um nebules into my nebulizer um <laughs> so he was allowed to be an assistant like that I actually um you know like I guess it's I gave him his own tablets when he was little so um he had um vitagummies and I think there's a, a lot of debate about whether vitagummies are effective or not but you know for a little kid it was great because I had my tablets and he never actually had any interest in having my tablets because he always got his own vitagummies I thought look if at the very worst he's having a lolly each morning at the very best maybe he's getting some extra vitamins yeah I guess I'm thinking about parenting though one of the things that does jump to mind as being the hardest time is when he's been sick as a little kid and so it's always been very much about me trying not to get sick and you know when kids are little it's it's when they're tiny it's sort of easy easier but as soon as they start to go to childcare daycare or primary school then they become these massive germ vectors and you catch so much so that's always been the hardest thing is you know being a mum and cuddling you know your sick barb or your sick kid and at the same time desperately trying not to get sick as well we've just had that recently actually because he got COVID probably about six weeks ago and that was like oh my goodness how how you know obviously he's 15 doesn't want cuddles but you know how do you care for him as a loving mum without catching COVID fortunately <laughs> we managed it but um it was it was one of those challenges that I guess CF adds a an element of like I desperately don't want to catch this bug yeah talking about that you know that that idea of you know sick kids coming home from school when you are sending your son to school is there anything sort of in your experience any conversations that you have with the school about hey this is the situation this is what I need you to know like was that ever something that you had to think about yeah yeah yeah. so I am so I'm a social worker I'm a planner I like to plan things through so the preschool that he went to I chose one that um, had really inverted commas difficult hours so people weren't using it for childcare; they were using it for early childhood education so that I chose that deliberately because that then meant it was more likely if kids were sick they weren't going to be sent there because the parents 
didn't, they had other childcare options as well. Um, they weren't using that as their only option. Um, so we did that for when, some, sometimes with teachers I've told them I've had CF, sometimes I haven't. Um, I've always, if I've been going in for treatment, I've always made sure his teachers knew just so that they could, you know, just make it a slightly easier path. So if he didn't do homework or he was, I don't know, misbehaved in some way at school, um, the teachers would give him some slack. I Me mean, having said that, he's been pretty good. So the wor- the not the worst thing, the biggest challenge is um, bizarrely um, in one year at school, in primary school, he came home and said, ah, Mum, there's a boy in my class with CF. It's like, oh, my goodness, okay, we haven't crossed this bridge. And it was really sweet because this this boy um, at the beginning of each year talks about having CF when they were in primary school, they did. And um, <laughs> my son was going, oh, yeah, my mum's got CF too. And this boy went home and said to their mum, there's some new kid in my year that reckons he's he's got his mum's got CF. And I think the parents at the time were going, mm, you know, this kid's obviously gotten confused and maybe when you say you cough, maybe this kid thinks my mum coughs and that's the same thing. Anyway, a couple of weeks later, I actually worked out a way through the school to ring this other mum and go, hi. <laughs> Ta-da. Anyway, that was, it was something I never thought I would come across yeah yeah so but it worked out well we just um the the family is absolutely gorgeous and we worked out ways to um yeah make sure that that if there was there was only one year they were in the same class together but from that year onwards they weren't in the same class and for school events we always made sure we weren't in the same room at the same time all that sort of thing but that that was an interesting discovery yeah, I bet. Probably not something that you necessarily expected to, to come across. No, and it was sort of nice because I used to see, um, not now that my son's in high school, but when my son was in primary school, every now and then I'd see this kid, this the kid with CF sort of like checking me out almost like just, and I think the fact that I looked like such a boring mum as opposed to anything else was was maybe, yeah, a little bit reassuring to this kid. You mentioned a little bit before about, you know, having those conversations with your son about CF. How do you sort of approach it when perhaps they see or hear things about CF that might upset them or scare them? How do you approach having those conversations? Look, it's hard. Like I've said to my son, CF is really serious, you know, and people do get sick and people do die. However, you know, I'm doing everything I can to stay as well as I can. And like I mentioned before, because we've got these fabulous drugs on the horizon, I'd always say I, I need just to stay as well as I can because we've got Trikafta coming and that's going to be this fabulous drug. Or before that it was because of Canby's coming. Um, Trikafta has come and I've been on Trikafta now for about five weeks and um, I've noticed an incredible difference. So I I keep saying to my son, can you listen, like, can you hear me? Like, listen to my chest, like, listen to how I breathe, listen to how I cough now. How good is it? How different it is? So I think now he's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Obviously everything I said before was sort of true because 
you know, we're lucky enough to have the drug. But I continued to try and reassure him when he was younger about the fact that it's my, you know, like it's my CF. Um, so how CF impacts on me is different from how it impacts on someone else, you know, and I'm doing everything I can to stay as well as I can. So, and he knows it's a bit of a team effort, like as far as, you know, I I work very part-time, so that's so that I can look after my health. I do lots of exercise, I try and do exercise every day. I always do, I'm a dinosaur, I still get chest percussion, so, because um, that works better for me. And, um, you know, he knows that you know, my physio is important. So I've just very much focused on the fact that, you know, I'm doing everything I can to stay as well as I can. It seems like just from talking to you today that there's a, they're really open lines of communication. Yeah. That you really yeah. do, you are quite open with him and, and sort of bring him along as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do. And having said that, I've always kept him away from the hospital as far as I didn't really take him to hospital appointments when I was little, just clinic visits, because I was trying to um, minimise his exposure just to the whole CF world and mainly hospital-acquired infections. You know, like for little kids, hospitals are a nightmare as far, like I thought, as far as like they touch everything and hands are in their mouth and, you know, it's just easier for him just to not be there. So as far as my medical appointments, I always try to make them during school term when he's in, during the, he's in school or in preschool. So that's sort of like the back end of the CF care that I always try and keep out of the way. Um, luckily, I've done most of the time when I get sick, I do home IV. And um, so he's always been around that side of the home IV and seen, you know, injections and needles and whatever else. And when that happens, I'm sort of very honest and say, look, to so that these drugs work as well as I can, I need to try and have as much rest as I can. But I've tried to stay out of hospital as much as I can. I have had a couple of times I've been in hospital, but even then I've, because I've when I'm in hospital, often it's been during school term, so I've just tried to get him to still do his normal school stuff, like he goes to school and then he's busy after school with doing different activities. So he, I'd get him to keep doing his normal stuff. He keeps to his routine, um, which then means that, Actually, he doesn't see me in hospital. Like it's by FaceTime of an evening when he's finished. Just yeah, what he's got to do. So I try and keep to routine as well. What have been some of the challenges of being of parenting when you have Sia? Look, some of the challenges has been when you feel exhausted with CF and just tired, having <laughs> that extra tap of energy to deal with a kid that's got their own things happening, right? And then, you know, sometimes they might be having their, I don't know, a fight with a mate or whatever it might be. And if you're just feeling really tired or you're not feeling well, being able to put that aside and still focus on them and their and have the, yeah, that that sort of like motherly focus when really all you want to do is curl up in bed and go to sleep, even though it's like, what, three o'clock of an afternoon. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, I guess, being there for your, being there for him when, um, when you know, when you're sick and you're having trouble even being there for yourself has been challenging. 
Luckily, it hasn't happened too many times, but there definitely has been times. I guess that's when it helps to have other people around in your life that can pick up that slack as well. So luckily um, my mum has is a, has got a really close relationship with my son, so she's picked up the slack at times. Do you think about the future and what that looks like for you as a mum? Yeah, I do. So... You know, like I'd sort of say quite flippantly that when we were trying to have him, I wanted to live um, for the first 20 years of his life. Now that he's 15, that's only five more years. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd like to have a few more than five more years. So, you know, it's sort of, it's a tricky thing. You know, like I, selfishly, I don't want to miss out on parenting any of, I don't want to miss out on any of it. So... I mean, having him has been a great motivator to really focus on my health and stay as well as I can. But the original deal of trying to be alive for the first 20 years of his life, now with five years in Berkeley's left, that seems like not such a good idea. I'd, I'd like a lot longer. Um, I think, you know, when he was a little, a few years ago before Ocambi, my lungs were getting ratty at, at a more rapid rate. And um, I was starting to think, oh, if these drugs don't come through, I'm not going to make it to when he's 20. So that was pretty full on. Yeah, I um, I made, I mean, once again, being having CF, being a social worker, being a, um, I'm a planner. So I chose the school that he went to. We we're in a lucky position that we could choose. Having only one child helps a little bit. So we sent him to a school that's got really good pastoral care um so that was once again sounds very morbid but that was so that if I got really sick when he was in high school he's surrounded by good people that can look after him I didn't want him to fall through the cracks if something happened to me um even if it's if I got was spending lots of time in hospital or if I need to have a transplant or if I died there would be people around him so, yeah, lots of bizarre planning that, you know, other friends of mine that have got kids from a similar age that don't have CF, they don't even go there. But, you know, the other side is that I think um, knowing that I was only ever going to have one child because I was so late having my first and then also um, having CF, like his childhood's been so precious to me. So, you know, um, it's very much about the quality or the quantity, even though quantity of 20 years was important. You know, so, you know, making birthday cakes, you know, I made a big effort to make birthday cakes and made big effort and parties and taking photos, lots and lots of photos. And I think half of the reason I take so many photos of family events and me and him is, has always just been that, well, it's good to have evidence of how much he was loved just if, in case I wasn't around when at some stage. Yeah. Has there been any sort of um, supports or resources that you've accessed that have been really helpful or useful for you? Look, probably the biggest thing has been um, just the informal support of family and friends, but, you know, big one is is my mum been helpful formal supports not so much no I mean I think 
I was lucky enough to get NDIS funding to get my airway clearance, my chest percussion, and that for me, uh, like I said, I'm a bit of a dinosaur when it comes to airway clearance. But for me at 52 with my own lungs and, you know, like that's what I think has helped me stay as well as, as I have. So getting the NDIS funding to be able to get my airway clearance has been massive and I'm certainly grateful for that. I mean, I used to get it through the state government, through home care, but obviously when the NDIS happened, it all changed. And so, yeah, but you sort of have to go down the different channel to get it. What advice would you give for other parents, other mums and dads with CF? What advice would you give them for being the best parent that you can be? Um, look after yourself first. Doesn't sound bad. But, you know, like from a CF perspective, like I said before, if the wheels fall off the CF bandwagon, then everything else falls apart, you know. So your health is yeah, is, is your first priority. So I guess for, for me, like I said before, thinking about almost CF as my first child and then my first child being almost like a second child, so he has to fit in around CF a bit. That's probably one. Probably another one is similar to what I was saying before, just cherish the moments, you know, like all the little moments. I guess for us, for me, it was, you know, I didn't think I'd ever have a son. You know, I didn't ever think I'd have a child. I wanted one, but I wasn't sure that I, I well, I thought I'd missed the, the boat there. So I just, I'm so grateful that I get to be a parent and I cherish every moment. Even um, his, his, some of his, his lovely teenage moments, I still cherish those because, you know, like I'm still around to be, to, you know, to get to be a, a, a parent of a teenager. And so, yeah, it's just, Putting everything into perspective, you know, I got here. Um, so I'm, I'm super grateful. And um, I also you're just making the memories as you go. Take lots of photos. What's your favourite thing about being a mum, Kate? Look, I think um, it's just brilliant. Like it just, I, I adore him to pieces. Um, it's quite lovely seeing bits of you and bits of your husband and bits of relatives sort of come through in your child and then also just seeing the person that they grow into you know I love seeing I love talking to him he's a great person um he's a, a really impressive young man when he's not in his um, teenage moments but yeah it's 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 watching traveling with him as his life develops and um, seeing the person that he's unfolding into is um is just so joyous yeah, it's lovely that's probably my favorite bit is just getting to to be along you know going along on the ride and seeing seeing what happens and where he goes Thanks for listening to this episode of the CF Strong Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on your favourite podcast listening platform so you don't miss the next episode. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd really appreciate if you could leave us a review. It helps other people find CF Strong. Or share us with your friends. Also, a quick reminder that the views expressed in the CF Strong Podcast may not be reflective of Cystic Fibrosis Community Care's viewpoints. 
The podcasts are designed to share information and provide insight into the lives of those living with cystic fibrosis around Australia. This podcast was made possible thanks to support provided by the Australian Government and was produced by CF Community Care and CF Western Australia. Our theme music is Spark of Inspiration by Shane Ivers from Silverman Sound. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time.